When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is Performance Anxiety on the Pantheon Podcast Network, and I'm your host, Mark. And I've got a great episode of Side Projects here. Michael Girard of Swans returns to talk about their latest album, The Beggar. Swans never got to tour their last album, Leaving Meaning. So The Beggar, while not a continuation of Leaving Meaning, does have some connections to it. It also means that Swans, who are not known for looking back, reminiscing, and playing older songs from their back catalog, will be playing music from Leaving Meaning and The Beggar this tour, plus possibly a new song or two. Michael has not only created another powerhouse of an album, but he also threw me for a loop when I read the credits and realized that there are a bunch of podcast guests on it, like Dana Schechter, Lucy Kruger, and Laura Carbona. Michael discusses how he met Lucy and Laura and how he visualizes new music and who he invites to participate on the albums. Speaking of writing, he also tells me why repetition is important to him and that the isolation of COVID may have ruined his touring plans, but it really didn't change his writing style at all. What did influence the album, though, was the sequencing. Sequencing was the spark that caused him to write the epic track, The Beggar Lover. And I wrap everything in a nice bow by messing up the questions I have for him about the album cover art. You'll see what I mean. To order the album from younggodrecords.com or Bandcamp, follow swans at swans underscore official on Instagram, Follow us at Performance ANX on Instagram and Twitter. Reach out there or the Performance Anxiety Pod at gmail.com. Coffee from ko-fi.com slash performance anxiety is always appreciated. And merch is available at performanceanx.threadless.com. And now I present Michael Girard on Swans the Beggar on Performance Anxiety, part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. I think we got a little bit of a of a lag here for a second, so I'm, I'm going to try to be patient when I speak. <laughs> oh, sorry. No, no, um, I think it's just the connection. Yeah, my internet is is from 1970 or something. Here. It's <laughs> really slow. Oh, no problem. No uh, problem at all. Have we spoken before? Yes, we have. When Leaving Meaning came out, it's actually one of my favorite episodes that because you, uh, we were having... A similar issue with internet and you just ended up calling me on your phone stepping outside in the middle of december and doing the entire uh interview outside 
Oh, I see. Okay. So it was, uh, it was incredibly memorable for me because I thought that was wonderful. I, I was so uh, blown away that you would do something like that for my little podcast. It was just amazing. So I will thank you again for oh. doing that. It was wonderful. <laughs> no problem. It's also one of my uh, most downloaded and listened to podcast episodes. So thank you again. <laughs> oh, that's great. One thing I will say is that I might be particularly uh, inarticulate because I really haven't done an interview since the time of leaving meaning. And I don't really speak to people much. So, <laughs> it's, 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 I don't exercise. No problem. No problem. I I have trouble speaking just every day. So we'll, we'll, we match up nicely. Yeah. There's so many things I, I wanted to ask you, but I guess we'll start with this. You and swans are not an, an entity to get uh, as a whole that really looks back on things. Leaving meaning was released and the pandemic kind of killed the tour plans. Did you have a band prepared and assembled and, and ready to go on tour before everything got shut down? Oh, indeed. We had uh, a whole world tour booked, basically. Wow. Then we started canceling and we had no choice. We canceled and then we rescheduled, I think, three times. And finally, I just gave up in despair and just decided that it was never, not never, but it was not going to happen in the foreseeable future. So uh, what I did then um, was just what I do. I just began to write songs and I thought, well, at some point I'll record these and um, then tour and do what I do. Right. The strangest thing is for me is that I was just reflecting on this is that since I guess 1983, so 40 years, my life has been organized around the next record or a tour or rehearsals constantly. So there's always been this urgency about things to get things done so that I could go out and tour or get things, you know, right so that I can go in the studio. And then when the studio's done, then plan the tour. And it's just been this constant cycle for 40 years. And then suddenly that was removed. Now I always had the perhaps um, mistaken notion that I was pretty much autonomous. I didn't need anybody or anything, Right. <laughs> but you know, I could always just write, which is another thing I did. I, I finished uh, compiling this book that I put out, but um, that's just not enough. And I, I realized how dependent I am on this process and on other people in particular, okay. perhaps I should have been, a visual artist, a painter, <laughs> or a writer, so that, you know, I truly would be autonomous. But uh, unfortunately, I've chosen something that requires uh, social interaction. So <laughs> it, was, uh, <laughs> it was, you know, it was like really uh, like being sucked down in the drain. But it's, oh. you know, people experienced much worse. I didn't lose, lose anybody close to COVID. And, although, uh, although I contracted the disease, it wasn't as terrible for me as it could have been. So, oh, that's well, that's that's good. I, I had a similar experience with it. Fortunately and unfortunately, it's very minor case. So, we'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. 
Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Before you skip over this ad, give me one minute. Like most podcasts, I pick sponsors carefully and I use the products that advertise here. Pure Spectrum CBD is a product that has been really beneficial for me. They have a wide variety of great products that can be used on a daily or as needed basis. I've been using the tincture every day and it's been wonderful for easing anxiety. And I absolutely love the isolate. I use it instead of acetaminophen or ibuprofen. And it's worked so well for the relief of aches and pains. They also have soaks, lotions, salves, gummies, and more. Plus, an entire line for fitness recovery. They even have products for your pets. See everything they offer at PureSpectrumCBD.com. And if you have questions, they're there to help. They helped me when I had no idea where to start. After you fill your cart, use code PERFORMANCEANX for 15% off your purchase. Pure Spectrum CBD. Pure Spectrum CBD, Pure Spectrum CBD. At what point, or maybe maybe it's better to ask, was it difficult to put Leaving Meaning down and not tour and support the album and move on? Well, only in the sense that, um, like I say, it was that had been part of the process. Okay, the, the record's written, now I'm going to put a tour together. Yeah. And that suddenly that aspect was taken away. Although... Uh, Normally, when um, Swans tours, it's, it's very light on the recent record, and it's more on new material. <laughs> but uh, that hasn't been the case recent in the very recent past. So I, I forget where I was with that. But um, anyway, so I started writing songs, and now we're going to tour, uh, unless something, some other calamity occurs. Oh God forbid! Uh, yeah. Yeah. Who knows? So when you're touring, I'm sorry, did that answer your question? Yeah, Go ahead. I, I, when when you tour for this upcoming tour that will hopefully happen, will that be the same along the same lines, or it be newer music since recording the Beggar, or will it be anything from Leaving Meaning and the Beggar, uh, or do you even have that set yet? Oh well, I have I have a set list I've compiled. Okay, and so far the 
songs that we're going to be performing and we haven't started rehearsing yet but uh, so far the songs that i think we're going to be performing are from the beggar and from leaving meaning and there's a new song and i'm hoping to have another new song or two by the time that we tour but you never know these days i'm not as uh, loquacious as i once might have been <laughs> well i've had a chance to listen to the beggar and not surprisingly it, it just it blows me away and one of the things that i really loved about it was the use of musicians that i've admired for years beyond the core group of swans that's on the album you're using people that have been guests on the podcast that i just have admired for years like dana Schechter, who was part of angels of light and, and slated to be on the tour that never was but you've also used for some background vocals one of my favorite singers of all time lucy krueger and laura carbona Oh, that's great. Uh, how did you come across Lucy and, and Laura and and incorporate them in, into the new Swans album? Well, like like most things in my world, it seems to be just a chance. <laughs> but uh, Christoph, uh, our guitar player, or slide guitar player, lives in Berlin, and um, he went to see Lucy Kruger perform. And um, I think we were there... I'm not sure what we were recording basic tracks or something when he went and he, re he remarked upon the fact that the uh, harmonies were really beautiful. Um, and I, I think Laura was on stage uh, harmonizing with Lucy as well. And he met them backstage and it turns out that they appreciated the music of Swans. So I said, Oh, well, obviously at a stage down the road, we're going to need a lot of, uh, background vocals as I usually do. Right. And so I asked them. And so he asked them and they came to the studio and uh, they were fine ladies and they did a great job. Oh yeah. They're, they're wonderful. Dana, Dana, as you mentioned, I, you know, it was in angels of light. So I've known her for decades now. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to rehearsing live. And she plays one of the bases on this lineup. Uh, Chris Pratika plays a set, another bass. So there's two bass players. They both play other instruments as well, so I'm not certain that they're going to be playing two basses at the same time always, but uh, okay, we'll see. <laughs> One of the other things that I've noticed about this album and, and several of the other Swans albums, repetition plays a big part in the writing and, and the performing. Uh, it can be musical, like that just insane, bludgeoning, incredible riff that I absolutely love in The Glowing Man. album the parasite vocally like come to me feed on me is, is that conscious is there a specific purpose that that you use repetition well i'm just i have a proclivity for it <laughs> so it's not an it's it's not an intellectual decision it's just sort of what i uh gravitate towards i would say 
that it feels bogus to change. It just seems artificial sometimes to change chords, uh, whereas, whereas there's already so much nuance and worlds to discover within that chord. But I was just looking through, you know, you sent me the questions in advance and I was looking through um, the songs on the record and I, I realized that many of them have several chords, as a matter of fact. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it's not always the case, but I, I do like to have a drone or a thread that runs through everything to provide a context for the chords. Um, I don't know where that uh, inclination comes from. Maybe it's for, from a kind of love of uh, Indian music or drone-based uh, experimental music. It might come from there. But um, yeah, I guess I, I lean towards repetition. But repetition kind of, to me, implies something mechanical, whereas that's not what interests me at all. How worked out and fleshed out are the songs before you bring them to the band? And I know that band members fluctuate from album to album, or they can fluctuate from album to album, I guess I should say. Does that influence the members that you assemble for each album and each version of the Swans? Well, I, I write, sitting here right at this desk I'm talking to you from, I, I just pick up my acoustic guitar and I write the songs. So the songs are written and I can perform them solo if I choose, which I, I just did a solo tour recently performing uh, many of the songs from The Beggar. So they're they're constructed. But of course, when I work with other musicians, all of whom are much more skilled technically than I am, uh, I want to leave room for them to bring life to it and to have the material expand accordingly. And I always want to leave things open to uh, chance and mistakes and just to being in the moment. So uh, I choose musicians not based on their uh, tremendous technical prowess, although several of them do possess that, but I choose them based on kind of who they are as individuals, uh, their aura, so to speak, okay. and how it will feel performing this music. I kind of picture this person playing the music with me and do I feel good about that? And if I do, then I choose that person. <laughs> I don't want just some schmo coming in and laying down some hot licks, you know, right. it, it has to be a, uh, it has to be a really, it has to be a psychic connection and we try to make something uh, true and urgent happen with the music. And that's incredibly important to me. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. The, the music on the beggar is just as, as incredible as your last several albums but you've got the title well i guess the title track the the beggar lover that is just shy of 44 minutes long is that the the longest studio piece in the swans catalog uh i do not believe so that I, takes some explaining the beggar lover i mean there's the song the beggar which is something that we played in the studio together but the beggar lover is a re the reason the lover thing is there is because that's a reference to an album I did in uh, what was it ninety eight something like that ninety nine okay. uh, called the Body Lovers 
And that came out of the previous album, Soundtracks for the Blind, where I was working with these archives and troves of uh, material that I had accrued over years. And I decided I would cannibalize that material and forge a kind of soundtrack out of it. And that's what I did with the body numbers and with Soundtracks for the Blind. With Soundtracks for the Blind, uh, there was a lot of traditional uh, musician performances that were recorded in the studio, but a lot of it also was pre-recorded, things that I had made for other records or uh, or uh, found sounds that I had uh, accrued or uh, samples that I used a lot at the time. Okay. Um, but on this one, I raided the archives from going a couple records back and uh, recorded at home lots of different things. And then also recorded over those things. And it's mainly, I just threw a huge amount of material into the computer with the wonderful engineer I work with, uh, Ingo Krauss. And we just started, if you can imagine being in kind of a pond filled with cottage cheese, <laughs> we just started wading through it and tried to like make a shape out of it. And, um, and that's how that was construed. That's the most amazing and, description uh, ever. Sculpting cottage cheese. <laughs> but, you know, so there, there are previous grooves that, that had already been extant from other records and mixed in with subsequent records or things that I did uh, just now in the studio. And I made uh, this kind of, uh, it's meant to be like a, a soundtrack for a film that doesn't exist. Oh, interesting. I love how you brought back the lyrics to leaving meaning in one section with a... Yeah, that's the vocal tracks from the song Leaving Meaning, and they just serendipitously worked over this other groove yeah. that uh, I just played them, and they were actually not the same chord. They're in the same key, I guess, technically. Although, don't ask me what key that is. <laughs> very much and um you had asked in your previous questions that you gave me um whether we're going to perform that version live and we're going to try we'll see what happens wow you know as, as long as it feels authentic to play it that way we will but uh okay we'll see but uh, so that's how that was constructed it wasn't like uh I composed that that whole thing and had musicians play it. It, it, it worked through kind of wrestling with the sounds and making um, this soundtrack out of them. And it's, it's amazing. And I love that it butts right up to the Memorious, which every Swans album 
to me has just there's always seems to be one track that just is striking to me and on the last album it was the title track leaving meaning i i listened to it constantly to this day it's still in my car playing all the time and the memorious is that track on this album for me it's just an amazing track it's got this tension in it that I love and maybe something a little unsettling with what it sounds like a child's voice sampling. It's, it's just a, a really intense song that just grabs me. Well, that's great to hear. Thanks. It kind of, and one of the things I like is that it just kind of flows from the beggar lover in, into the song. Is it, is it set up that way? I mean, when you were working on the beggar lover, did you have the memorials written already? Was no. it constructed that way? Or is that just something that happened that worked out? No, the, the beggar lover was done after the main body of the record was finished. Oh, okay. Um, and then I actually did this. Is, it was kind of an arduous process, but the um, the sequencing for the vinyl was done. God, I don't know, ten months ago or something. Oh wow! Just forever, a long time ago. Because vinyl, uh, the turnover for vinyl is so incredibly long now. Yeah. So I had to mix the record and then just turn it in right away, master it, and send it in. And on listening to the sequence of the vinyl, I was increasingly unsatisfied so i uh started thinking about the the digital and cd versions uh and sequencing as what would be the main way to listen to the record if you listen to it digitally and then i listened to that and i thought well it needs something else so that's then that's why why i decided to make the body lover i mean the bigger lover oh. because um well, there would be time digitally, of course, whereas you're limited with LPs. I, we can't afford to make triple LPs anymore. So, uh, I mean, we did it at one point, but I just can't do it anymore. So I just decided to do this. And that's how that occurred. Now, the song, The Memorias, oh. lyrically, that's a, a reference, I, I guess, or a little nod to uh, my, I guess, my favorite writer of fiction, uh, Jorge Luis Borges. And one of my favorite stories by him is... Uh, entitled uh well depending on the translation but it's uh, uh originally it was translated as a uh, funes the memorias and it's a great story about this uh young man in argentina who's uh riding on his horse i guess and he and he falls and um and the uh, effect of the fall is such that he suddenly can, he can he remembers everything he remembers every single nuance of every second oh, wow. he remembers the sound the sound of the wind from 20 years ago he remembers the, the crinkling of the leaves as the wind hit those leaves he remembers exactly what he was thinking at that moment he remembers 
the feel of his breakfast in his stomach. You know, he remembers every single thing from every second of his life. And of course, uh, he loses his mind. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, with me, it's exactly the opposite. And it always has been. Uh, it's not uh, senility, I hope. Uh, but I am, the, I, am, I am the opposite. I hardly ever remember anything. So this song was a struggle to remember certain specific instances from my life. Fictionalized, of course, because I don't really care about my biography per se in a song. It doesn't matter. But um, I was just trying to remember things. And so I started writing things down as um, as memory, as a um, tribute to moments. And um, that's how those lyrics developed. And I play them on acoustic guitar. And I, I just performed this song uh, repeatedly on a solo tour. And I like the way it is on acoustic guitar. And it's, um, it's very, it's much more open and expansive. And I think that's how we're going to perform it on the coming tour. So it probably will bear very little resemblance to the version that's on the record. Oh, wow. But anyway, so that's a little bit about that song. You mentioned the, the writing and you also mentioned in the beginning that you kind of keep to yourself a lot Did the isolation that every, the rest of the world had to endure it with COVID. Did that affect you at all or the writing for the beggar? Uh, I don't believe so. Maybe there's a certain amount of fatalism in the words that might've been informed by that. Mm. But when it comes to writing, I, I'm pretty uh, self-contained. Right. I mean, you know, events, topics, events, memories, books, uh, cultural things, you know, influence the writing, of course. But when I'm actually writing, I, I'm not thinking about what's going on in the outside world that much. And since you write on your own, not having to yeah. connect with somebody physically, you know, not having to write with somebody didn't really have an effect on you either then. No, I've, I've been writing alone on the acoustic guitar since, God, <laughs> 87 or something. I don't know. I like the album art as well. And it seems to me like a, a fairly big departure from some of the previous Swans, I'm leaving meaning specifically, but uh, a lot of other Swans album art. There's definitely some humor to it and it's, it's, it's brighter and it's got everybody on there with, with their face on an animal. How did that whole thing develop? Oh, Mark, you're, you're, I'm sorry, but I, it's entirely understandable that you would uh, do this, but that is not the album art. That is, um, um, I asked Phil Paleo, who's our drummer, he's also a talented illustrator. Uh, we, we needed a band photo, and uh, I thought, I, I don't want to. I don't want to do some stupid fucking band photo again. I, I hate them. Oh. I hate rock the whole world. And I, I don't want a bunch of mopes standing around. <laughs> so I thought, well, how can we subvert that? Uh, and, uh, you know, Phil has, Phil does uh, illustrations of, of people's uh, pets for them. Oh. And I thought, oh, well, why don't we just have, we'll each choose an animal and, We'll each send Phil a picture of our face and Phil can just put our face on the animal and then that'll be the band photo. That is amazing. <laughs> I love it. So that's, you know, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can't, I mean, I, I'm so diverse from 
the music business and all i just don't give a shit at all anymore i don't care about anything to do with it i don't know anybody in the music business i don't so i thought well we have to have some kind of image that people can use so let's just make this one up so that's it's brilliant i love it i'm just blown away by it i I actually i think it's hilarious so now i'm gonna have to go look and see what the actual album art looks like because that i cocked that one up but anyway well they're um I mean, if you look at the, uh, it's, I mean, you can ask Howard to send it with just the cover. It's a heart, but it's an illustration by my friend, uh, Nicole Boydus. She's actually a tattoo artist now, but she did, uh, medical illustrations for a good part of her life. And so I had her, uh, illustrate just an iconic image of a heart of lungs of a prostate and of a liver. Wow. And so each each one each one sits uh, on a panel a, a panel of the record and the record is that uh, cardboard that we use lately. Okay. And so it's this uh, medical uh, it's black and white medical illustrations of uh, these various uh, internal organs. Okay, I have seen the the heart the uh, artwork that I did see that stuck with me was the 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 band quote unquote photo. So I do. Yeah, that would have been. That would have been a pretty audacious move, and maybe I should have done that. (laughs) Well, you know, maybe the next one. Well, I know we're pretty much up on our time at this point, so I can't thank you enough for coming on again and talking to me and uh, explaining as much as as we could about, outside of my mistakes, (laughs) about the album The Beggar. Thank you so much for all your time. I really appreciate it. Oh, I appreciate it, Mark. I'm happy to talk about the music. And I very much appreciate that you're interested at all. Thank you very much. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. 
Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.